You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Mm, good afternoon. I suppose it's afternoon somewhere. I'm in love with my car. I was car. just going to say, I'm in love with my car. A song I didn't even know existed. Grease my piston. Mm. Yeah. Does everyone know that's a Queen song? Probably yeah. Queen people know. I did not know. Yeah, I'm in love with my car by Roger Taylor. Nice. All right. So, um, what is the before the after the show discussion? Before we this movie, it was pretty much mostly Queen details, details about the people and the songs and the as you're going to describe later, the people who didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, in your lovely reviewer's voice, critics' yeah. voice. That's the critics. That's what they sound like. All right, so it is Saturday, February the 23rd. This is after the show. February Wait. 23rd? Yeah. It is not. Is it not? No. Why did I put it's that? February 16th. Well, I, a week, I've got a week back. Perfect. <laughs> it was just Valentine's Day two days ago. Perfect. <laughs> All right, let's, let's rewind I mean, the time. if you said that and people were listening, they'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Did I sleep for a whole week? Let's rewind time a little okay. bit. Okay. To Saturday, February the 16th. That's How about better. That? That's better. This is after the show, movie podcast number 570. We're looking at the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a 2018 movie released on Blu-ray and 4K. You can pick it up right now. It's rated PG-13. It is nominated for Best Actor in a Sporting Role and Best Picture at the Oscars next week. We'll find out next week. So I thought not- it was nominated for like five. It's also nominated for, what were the other things I said? Not Sound sure. design... Sound mixing. I think it's four. And um, it is from our friends at Fox who sent us a copy over for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Bohemian Rhapsody. Do I really have to? If you don't know what the song, Bohemian Rhapsody, is, is by, by whom? Um, mamma mia, mamma mia. Yeah, it's Queen. It's a bit of a mm, fictionalized biopic of a slice of the life of Freddie Mercury as he is in the band Queen. I mean, you know, come on. If you don't know that, why are you listening to this podcast? Well, uh, am I I a fan of Queen, would you say? Uh, Yeah. Always have been. I'd say one of your number one favorite songs of all time. Don't Stop Me Now. Don't Stop Me Now. I'm having such a good time. Copyright for that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I've done it poorly enough. They shouldn't care. Uh, Yeah. Um... So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Queen. Are you a fan of Queen? Yes. I mean, I'm not the hardcore type who would nitpick this movie apart. But I can say that when I listen to the lyrics, I'm like, oh, or some of those beginnings of some of those songs, they just get you. Okay. Uh, a- I'm superficial music lover, I will admit it. I'm not a music, I don't understand music theory and all that jazz. Or jazz. You don't understand jazz either? I don't really like jazz, so I'm not (laughs) a connoisseur. I'm a feeler of music, you know? I like to feel it. And um, I really feel it when I listen to Queen. I've always liked Queen. Are they quite different to other rock bands? They just have their own... You you don't really hear other bands that sound like them. See, like, I, I disagree with you, because as the superficial listener to me, they just blend with all the others, 80s, late 70s kind of stuff. 
Well, you I need don't your ears checking. <laughs> <laughs> or my brain, one of those. So I've always did like that. They're just, go and listen to like Nights at the Opera album. It's just crazy. They're, they're just very different. I've always liked that. Sometimes they're kind of poppy. Sometimes they're kind of disco-y. Sometimes they're really heavy rock. But I've always been a fan. So I was excited to see a biopic of Freddie Mercury. And what I can say to you is I, this is my uh, opinion of this one. I really, really enjoyed it. Like in a, I don't know. I was sad like half the time. Yep. All um, the time. And there was parts where I'm like, why am I sad? This is like a really, I'm watching like them do a performance. Like it, like he's singing like Killer Queen or something in the middle. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, Freddie's dead now. Like <laughs> Spoiler spoilers. Um, I just felt sad like a lot of the time. The way it's. It's fairly, the way it's framed and the way it's made is pretty crowd-pleasing, wouldn't you say? Definitely. It's, it doesn't delve too deep into darkness or, you know, like, like The Doors does, like other biopics. It's more kind of a celebration of Queen. And yes, there is some, you know, it doesn't really focus on it, though, does it? Like any of the darkness. No, it doesn't focus on it. To me, it's a movie about a person who, the person, and then him finding these people, and then they make a band, but about not, like, being the other, you know? he. It's very clear that he's not like the other people. They make it clear. Now, I didn't know him in real life, but, I mean, you can watch videos and interviews and all kinds of stuff, and you can see he's... That guy, he's the guy over there who's just out there. And that in almost every society, whatever reason, we try to grab those people and like squeeze them and shove them into a freaking box and be like, no, 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 no. This is what you need to be. And if you're not, something's wrong with you. And I feel like this is like a person who didn't even have a choice, but to just be like, fuck it. I just have to wear the crazy outfits, be the person who says, sing myself into an, a, to get into this band, whatever. That's what it's about to me. And then this group of people who, the way they portray it, while they have their fights and arguments, there is a very protective coating around him with them. Like, we get him. We totally get him. And that's also hard to find in the world when you're that person. Oh, yeah, because the band never go like, oh, Freddie, you're just being too weird. They're always like, no, Freddie, that's really cool. I like yeah, that. they'll comment on things, at least in the movie. Like, again, in the in real life, we don't know because we're not around them. But they seem to, even the real guys now, talking have lots of love for him. And you would after the fact when someone dies. But I do believe that's a thing where you saw this thing in this person. And we probably all know a person like this. And some of us hate them because they make us nervous and they're unpredictable. And they don't follow the rules. And they're too loud or they're too weird. We all know that person. Or some of us embrace them and like you're a shining beacon of light in a world of nothing. Of <laughs> boring fucking people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to have a person... Find his place to be the front of that band at that time and do what they did. That's what that's what it's about to me and how a person can be huge on the outside. Like the guy who struts on the stage and wears the crazy outfit and de commands, demands attention. But then, as portrayed in the movie, is home alone with his cats because that 
part of him is like the biggest part of him and being alone. Like he even says in the movie, there's a line about, I, you know, the in-between moments I can't handle. Yeah. I can't handle them. That's why I have to do this. And I think to me, that's what it was all about. So every scene that focused on a quiet moment of him taking a deep breath or looking close into the eyes of somebody or examining somebody like, okay, I, I get you, you get me, we're good. And then him going off and strutting and doing something else. So to me, it wasn't about music or this band particularly, but that group of people and how human it felt to me. I mean, Not sappy, but just very human. Yeah. And just on a side note, it's been nominated for five Academy Awards. Best Picture, Performance by an Actor, Achievement in Film Editing, Sound Editing, and Sound Mixing. Oh, Editing which, was the one I missed. Which we always get a little confused about <laughs> the difference between the sound mixing and the sound editing. But it did sound really good. I mean, the looping could have been better, but still. Yeah, um, but the actual performances in this movie, if you listen to them in surround sound, it's like you're in the middle of a concert. Yeah, it's especially really the good. live aid part. They, uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, there's lots of musical performances in this. The, you know, it's not Rami Malek who plays Freddie Mercury is not singing, even though he is he is singing right. But he's, they don't use his voice. That's, that's what the lady said. Oh, is it? Okay. The lady said the, he sings to the track, but then they remove his voice because obviously he's not Freddie Mercury. And if you don't sing, it looks like you're miming. It looks like you're lip syncing. So, I thought they used his voice and they just made him sing while they were shooting as well. He sang, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He sang, but they didn't, you, no, they didn't use his voice. Whose they voice used did they, use? they used the original masters from Queen. Really? Yeah. So basically his lip syncing, but also performance syncing, because he's doing all the moves, isn't he? He's doing, yeah. you know, so, and it's quite, it's quite impressive to look at. I said to you, I have seen the Live Aid performance of Queen a lot of times. Plus today, because we had Plus today, because we watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you haven't really seen the Live Aid performance of no. them? No. Maybe you've seen clips from it. I don't think so. Uh, so afterwards, I put it on and we watched it. And what do you think of the job they did of recreating it? I mean, it's it's got the entire vibe and his attention to detail with his individual body movements. I mean... You, I wouldn't say you wouldn't know the difference because you can tell the difference. They're a different body type completely. But yeah, totally, yeah. His, and they don't look the same, really. His heart and soul that he puts into it, to me, totally captured it. And all of them, each band member are the same. Yeah, the, the, the bass player, um, John Deacon, we looked at him on the Live Aid performance and then we looked at him on the movie. And when it's from a distance... I don't think you can tell the no, difference. No, that one, I was like, whoa, yeah. that's so similar. Like the, that's the, crazy. It's just because of the clothes, the very specific shape of the clothes, the hair, the hair that he has, and the movements he does. It's just... I, I was very impressed with the performance. I really liked how the... I think it's the last 20 minutes, actually, is just the giant Live Aid performance. And it really lifts you up doesn't it spirits wise absolutely like it, it just there's something about it it's like electric going on i really i just you know i said to you like i felt like crying like a lot and i don't know why there was sometimes where i was like they're just playing a song by queen why do i feel <laughs> emotional now like this? i cried 
Yeah, I, I know. Throughout, like, most of it. Yeah, and you, it's hard to say why sometimes, though. Like, because it, I just felt like it was so human. It's like, everyone's so divisive, and this is, like, not even about his struggles necessarily up against people giving him a hard time for being gay or for being feminine or being weird or whatever. We didn't, they didn't really focus on any of that. But it more pointed out the internal struggle of a person who knows they don't. They're not allowed to belong. No. Yeah. And he did not ever, well. Until, unless you're like the front man of a very famous band, <laughs> right? And then you just then do it's what like, the oh, he's want. awesome. Yeah. But even then, that's, it's, that's why it got to me a lot. It's just this person who's, who can't help but be himself, but the world doesn't really want him to be that guy, like sitting in the living room on his own. Yeah, those parts were Freddie Mercury's like fictional. I mean, he is actually, because that's not his real name. That's not how he was brought up. But he invented Freddie Mercury. That's his, yeah, his, perso- his stage persona, yeah. right? Um, but that's the bigger part of him that he knows he can't, he can't be that at the dinner table with his parents. He can't be that when he's just sitting talking with a friend because he doesn't feel like he fits anywhere else. So that's why I was always on the edge of just like, it's just so sad. What the, what the fuck is wrong with us? Why can't we just let people... Unless you're going to harm someone, always note that I have that caveat, not a person who wants to kill anyone or harm anyone or sexually abuse anyone, none of that shit. I'm talking about if I want to wear a bustle and an 1855 dress to work, why do you care? Why not just be like, that's just normal? (laughs) I've never understood because I'm the person who's just like, I don't understand why you care if my hair is pink or if I have a tattoo on my face. It it actually makes no sense when you think about it. If we're surviving in the world and we're just living, why do you care if Freddie Mercury wears like a crazy leather outfit and prances around? Like, that's just him and can't that be fine? That's why it gets so emotional because I'm like, that's what you're really dealing with here. And sadly, I think. But he's also inspirational because he just did it, you know? Yeah, he didn't seem... Um, I've watched lots of real-life interviews with him, too. He never seemed to give a shit, really, about what people think. Right. And I've seen interviews where he's been very boisterous with the person because the person's not being very nice, and he's like, uh, no, I'm not going to be nice either, then. Fuck <laughs> exactly. You. You know? So he just seems to Judgmental be... pricks is what it looked like he got a lot of. Yeah, that interview where he says, I'm a... Um, prostitute musical prostitute he really did say that i've seen that interview before like that's how he sees himself like you know um because music was like in his veins and so he's selling that so yeah that sounds like (laughs) you know yeah so um yeah i really liked the way the film was put together now this film went through some well, it went through... There's two directors attached to this movie, first Directorial off. controversy. That's what yeah. we call it. So, director of the movie, Brian Singer, dropped out of the movie sort of in the middle of it, and then a, a director, Dexter Fletcher, came in and finished it up. So it had some, you know, trouble that way. Uh, some people I was reading reviews of said that they can tell that it's disjointed because of that. But I don't feel like it feels like two people made it, personally. I agree. But then if I watched it again, this time I was just watching it, you know, to like yeah. enjoy it. But if I were to note 
Because as we did learn in the extras, they did the scene of Live Aid first. Right. And then everything else is different. But then that is very different than the other scenes anyway. Because the rest of it is, you know, character building and laying out the story. And that one, that part is very specifically Live Aid. So A it should be concert. different. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I don't know if I would know. I don't know if I'd notice. I think people, when you know something, it sort of... They put it onto it. Like, yeah, yeah, confirms your bias where you're already like, oh, it's going to be shit. Oh, yeah, well, it is. You know, that kind of thing. So I thoroughly enjoyed it start to finish. I, I thought it too. was really fun. I obviously am biased to the music because I like all the music. There, I thought that... If I, you know, it never goes too serious, I don't think. Apart it's just from sad. Sad, yeah, definitely sad. But never... It doesn't get overly dramatic. It's more kind of straightforward. It moves very quick as well. It, it jumps between time periods. Like, it, it doesn't jump back and forth, but it goes forward very quickly, right? It, and it doesn't focus in a heavy way like, um, what's that movie with McConaughey? <laughs> it doesn't focus heavily on the illness of having AIDS. It doesn't, like, weigh it down with, you know, yeah, we all know the darkness and the sadness of that entire epidemic, and it still goes on in the world, but it doesn't really make, it doesn't really pull at you in that direction, or in the direction of him being the outsider, or even like his jerky guy who's kind of like trying to pull him away, or drug addiction, or anything. It doesn't really... I mean, it lightly not, touches on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, none of those things have a big weight tied to them, where you go, oh, here we go, we're going down the darkness now. Like, it just sort of... I don't know. It stays afloat with him and all these other things sort of just like tag along. Yeah. Even the, even like the first, when he's at the truck stop and he's on the phone yeah. to uh, Mary and he's just talking to her and he sees like a trucker going into the thing and he's, it's where he's first going, oh, I think I like men as well, right? It's where yeah. he's really. But it's not spoken. It's not spoken. It's just. No, it's you, just a visual. Yeah. And it's brief. And then you get the idea quickly and go, okay. That he's exploring options. Right. <laughs> and even when it, yeah, it doesn't go into like drug taking in a big way. Like, like they, if you're not paying attention, you won't really know that he was doing drugs because you see him take a pill in the back of the cab, in the back of the car. And then when he turns up to sing with Queen, they say, you're high again. And it's really quick and like breezed by. there's cocaine by on the tables at the parties right. and all that kind of stuff. So you just have to like, you know, it's not like the doors, like I say. It's not like super focusing on the dark, even though it is just there around the edges. It's more kind of upbeat and a celebration of the music. Is there anything you disliked about it? Just the looping, I thought, was kind of poor at times. The the sound of a lot of the voices, um, they weren't mismatching or anything to their lip. Looping is when they do all the sound recording on the set, they do all their parts, but then they go back in the studio in a closed set and re-record the audio or, and then lay it over the top, like on a day when the sound wasn't great, or on the set, they have a microphone so close to them and then another microphone, they have two different things. So one's super close so that it's not really picking up ambient anything. Right. So then when you're listening to some of these scenes... Sounds like somebody in a booth. Yeah, it. the voice yeah. is sort of... It's like when you're looking at a picture and you can tell some part has been pasted in because it doesn't have the right contrast or the right 
shade on it. <laughs> so this is like, there were times I was like, oh my God, can we not just... But it's not always like that. No, right? no. Some- the times when you feel like it's just them lo- using the live sound are the best. It's the ones where they're piling it on top. I didn't Maybe like that's it. to do with switching directors and all that kind of stuff. Maybe. One Don't know. You know. Um, but yeah, there definitely is looping. But I mean. As far as the movie, no. Everything, I really, really enjoyed it. I was just sad from the very minute it started. Of course, there's another bias because I know, I know his end. One but, little um, cool touch is the 20th Century Fox <laughs> yeah. logo at the beginning has Brian May playing. The, it is Brian May playing it as well. Nice. He, he did it. Um, Brian May and Roger Taylor are involved in this movie. They're actually in the movie as well. You'll see them. <laughs> and they're on the set. Like It looks like a lot. Yeah. So it's not like an, an unofficial movie that Queen had no say in. In fact, as you know, it's like you said, Sasha Baron Cohen had... Yeah, that was another had he, story. Had he written? He'd written. It was a, there's a right. script of his version. Right. So he wrote his own and he was going to be Freddie Mercury. They did not like it. Therefore, didn't get made. Right. And, you know, again, I think Sasha Baron Cohen could have done a, Freddie, a good Freddie Mercury. I do think we've seen Sasha Baron Cohen do more serious characters when he's not doing Borat and stuff. Like in um, Sweeney Todd, for instance. Mm-hmm. I think Sasha Baron Cohen could have probably pulled this off as well. But I think his version was very dark. Yeah. And I don't think that's what they wanted. Maybe someday he'll get to make that. <laughs> nah, can... let's just leave this one. We don't need more. <laughs> this is good. But um, yeah, that it's been through some problems, this movie. It's been through revisions and... Directors. Yeah. And it but was to always... Me, it felt pretty cohesive. Well, it was always down to Queen liking what they saw. They didn't like that. Mm. So it was down to them, basically. It was they was always in the loop on it. So um moving on to the cast, Rami Malik plays Freddie Mercury. I at first I was like I'm not that familiar with him anyway. Do you know him? Have you watched him in anything? No, we never watched Mr. Robot. No. So I was watching the beginning and I was like, huh. Is this like I'm not sure about this performance, like with his big teeth in and his very distinct accent that he's doing. And I wasn't sure about it. Just right at the beginning when he, you know, when he goes and then and talks. let me guess, let me guess. Then after a while, you didn't even realize that you were totally into it. Um, like you didn't even notice when all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, he's Freddie Mercury. When he started singing the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, I get it. But when he was talking to his dad and his mum at the beginning and he was leaving, I'm going out with my friends and that kind of thing. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know about that. But I quickly got to like it and do you know what after watching the live a performance at the end i think he's really in in it like i agree it's like he was living the guy like like everything that he's learned and i was reading about him he wasn't actually a queen fan and before this it's probably movie, good actually right so you don't have all the yeah pre- and you're um, not seeing him as like a god of rock and roll or anything until you start digging and kind of make up your own yeah. version of what you like about him That's and good. he went and did a ton of research and then when you watch this live aid performance just watch them back to back watch either way watch the real freddy one and then watch this one or the other way and you will see the kind of effort they put into making it just be like him i mean it might not look like him visually but the moves the 
the lip, the way he moves his lips, the way he looks at the camera. It's all, I don't know, I've never seen anything like it, really. <laughs> you know, it's like... You, I thought you were in love with Mr. Doors. Uh, that is pretty good, too. But Pat some would Pilmer. say, oh, well, it's just an, somebody doing an impersonation or a mime or a... I mean, that's all you can do. The person is dead. Right. You cannot, you can't bring them back to life to be themselves. So if you're performing a version of them, you are pretending. You know what I mean? Like you're just putting it on. Like that's the only option you have. Even like Rami Malek said in the extras, like I can't be Freddie Mercury. I can just take bits of him and bits of things that I've noticed. And hopefully the essence of him appears. And to me, it did. Like, I agree. Like, I felt like it was Freddie Mercury. And he was into it. And so I think he was really good. Like, at the end, I was like, I'm going to clap. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. He's good. So um, Brian May is played by Gwilym Lee, um, a Welsh actor, I believe. I also thought he was very good. He, like, there's, like, a lot of emotion between him and Freddie. But it's very... The way it's played, it's very mannish, where you don't really show it. Yeah. But you can see, like, there are times where Freddie Mercury's saying something or announcing something to the band, and you can see exactly what's happening in Brian May's head. He's like, oh, no, this is this is the <laughs> end of Queen, possibly, and, like, I don't want my friend to go away like that. I don't, you know, you can see it all happening. And when he's doing the performances, again, he... I mean, again, some will say, oh, just mimicking Brian May. And you can say that. Yeah, but Brian May was right there. So who am I to judge? <laughs> again, I'm going to repeat it. If the guy you're portraying is right is there. watching the <laughs> yeah. performance. And, he, and then you finish and he gives you a thumbs up. I'm like, I have nothing. I can't judge that. I'm not him. I mean, if it's right for, if Brian May goes, yes, that passes for me being. Exactly. Yeah. Like, who not, are you to say? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, you know. Um, yeah. So Peter Beale plays Roger Taylor. <laughs> it's not Peter Beale. <laughs> Peter Beale is a character from EastEnders, the British soap opera that we watch. And, and the young man who plays... Ben Roger, Hardy. Is that his name? Yeah. He was also the guy with the wings on the X-Men. Maybe. He was. But he I was. We one. do know him from the soap opera. And yeah. And he was in it for many... A couple of years, I think. Yeah. So he's always Peter Beale to us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he did an excellent job of Roger Taylor. Yeah, I think very he good. was better in this than he was in the X-Men. Oh, definitely. Well, the part was better. Yeah. And Roger Taylor had a light. Roger Taylor had a very, in this movie anyway, had a big dislike for Freddy's uh, assistant, let's say. Yeah, Paul whatever And you could was. totally see it. Like, it was seething when he was in the room. He's like... Kind of like, why is that fucker over there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we're here. And he, if, if it's portrayed correctly, he was right to have that feeling. Yeah. We don't know. We're not there, but... So again, Peter Beale, Ben Hardy, Good excellent work. as Roger Taylor. Good work. And yeah. then the fourth member of Queen, Joseph Mazzello, plays John Deacon. Again, when you watch that Live Aid performance and look at that guy, it'd be hard to tell that that's not the guy. Exactly. It's so good. Like it's it's a mixture of everything though. It's a mixture of the wig he's wearing, him doing those movements exactly right, and the the, the way the he costuming. kind of caresses his guitar, his bass, you know, he's just in it. Like kind of bounces up and down a little bit. Um very eighties style. <laughs> but he doesn't have a ton of like dialogue in the movie really. But I was reading he's the quiet member of the band anyway. 
you know, in real life, they were saying he, he doesn't speak unless he really has to. Right. So I think they portrayed that well. And you know that it's really heartbreaking, the scene where Freddy is, like, pissed off with them. Or he wants, he wants, to, break, he wants to break free. You know what I'm saying? I want to break free. Uh, from the band and Thank go you. and do Thank a solo. <laughs> go and be a solo act. And they're not, inter- not into that. And when Freddy gives them all a dressing down, basically... But when he comes to him and he's like, I can't think of anything for you. Like, like you have no personality. You have nothing. To me. Like, and he's like, well, I, I did train to be an electrical engineer. And he's like, <laughs> perfect. Because he's making fun yeah. of their life. Like, like one a, was going to be a dentist. One's going to be an astrophysicist. And, one, and then him being an electrical engineer. And without him. They would be that. You'd be that. And when he goes electrical engineer, he goes, perfect. <laughs> like as though that is like shit. <laughs> You're making my point for me. <laughs> but that was like. There were some good scenes like that. I really liked it. Yeah. Whether they're true or not, I don't know. But That's the thing about biopics from Hollywood. If you want the true truth, then you have to ask the person who lived the life, right? Yeah. Watch a documentary where they were either involved or someone who knew them or loved them was involved and approves. Even then, you're never really going to know unless you live the life. So I think when people want to pick it apart, if it's going to be so completely historically inaccurate that it bothers you don't watch it because there's gonna be shit if you're doing a time movie like a era movie and it's set in the period 70s piece. yes a period piece uh, yeah period piece can be anywhere it could be yeah 28 15 you know what i mean if it's not now it's a period piece so if it's gonna bother you that what was one of the th- oh you're gonna read them later but yeah the little details where it may not match up with the timeline they're trying to sell to us what they're doing is condensing a very large story of these very people with long lives, pretty long lives except for Freddie, sadly, but a big history with their band and all the other things swirling around. They have to condense it, construct a story out of it, make it entertaining, and put it into a, what was it, two hours? Two hours and 14 minutes. Right. They can't do a 20-hour movie, even though you and I would probably like that. Most people would not. <laughs> so you have to allow the compromise with this artistic license. And if you think it's a lie, then don't watch Hollywood movies that are, quote-unquote, based on a true story. And made for entertainment value, not for factual accuracy. Yeah, I mean, it can turn you on to something. Like, it made you and I go do a little bit more research. It might make me want to listen to all their albums instead of just the one songs that stand out to me. And then watch a little more video footage. I'd never seen the Live Aid footage. We watched that today, and it, it broadens what you actually know about the real person or the real moment. You know, if you're too lazy, then don't bitch about the movie. Just pretend it's real. What was funny is I, I came up and we uh, watched the whole Queen Live Aid performance, which is about 25 minutes. And then we watched Madonna at Live Aid. And then we watched U2 at Live Aid. Yeah. And then we watched Spandau Ballet at Live Aid. I mean, we got into this Live Aid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, And then I, I was looking and there's some awesome 80s. The 80s is awesome. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> That's highly debatable, sir. All right, Lucy Boyton plays Mary Austin, and Mary is Freddie's. What? What did he call her? His one love, or his yeah, his true love. True like love. he's. I think if it's portrayed accurately, I don't know that he felt the kind of love that we all really want, not for sex and screwing and lust and like 
hold my hand while I'm vomiting or hold my hand while I'm sick, but the kind of person who looks you straight in the eye and just is like, I get you. And I will, I don't judge you. I I accept you for who you are 100%. There is nothing of you that I don't accept. And I'm rooting for you. That, I think, is what they seem to have, at least as portrayed in the movie. And in real life, he did propose to her. And they were going to get married. But then he went on tour. And his, you know, he came to some yeah. flings with men. And then came back. And, and that's true, that he did tell her that, you know, he he told her he was bisexual. And she said, I don't think you are. You're gay. Does she do open, like, honest interviews about yeah, she does, honest yeah. as much a, as we A know, lot of interviews about him. She's pretty, well, yeah. that's good. Because um, that's how you can find out more. But then again, you're only listening to the one person's view as well. So always remember, unless you're that person, you don't know. You never know what was ever going through someone's head. But uh, Lucy Boyton, who plays Mary in this movie, she's the main girl from Sing Street, which is another excellent musical movie. That, yeah. Um, and she was really good in that. And uh, I think she was good in this too. Yeah, the movie was good. When she um, came to see him in the Barcelona where it was raining, that scene's really sad. Oh, it was really sad. Because she's just literally come all the way to Spain to check on him, like because she can't get in touch with him. He wasn't in Spain. He was in Switzerland oh, I or said, Germany. I said Barcelona. I don't think so. Munich, I thought it said. Well, wherever he was, was maybe not, in real life. Was not she in, went to a different place. <clears throat> maybe yeah. I read that he was in Barcelona. Maybe they've changed it in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Aidan Gillen, who you know from Game of Thrones, Littlefinger, plays John yeah. Reed. <laughs> What do you think of... Uh, Wasn't that other guy from Game of Thrones as well? The guy who played Miami? Because we've seen him before, too. Tom Hollander. Um, I don't think he's from Game of Thrones. Mm. Aidan Gillen is from Game of Thrones and also from Sing Street. If you remember, he was the father. So um, there's the uh, link between Lucy Boyton and him. What do you think of Aidan? That was good. I mean, it's brief. It could be anybody. I'm not taking away from it. It's a big him, but... scene with him, though. With him and Fred. Yeah. In the car. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Uh, he, he, and this isn't taking away from him, I'm just saying, he, his personality and his performance doesn't impact that necessarily. Tom Hollander plays Jim Beach, Miami Beach. He's like the, what, what is he, a manager? Well. Lawyer. Lawyer, yeah. Um, You don't see him much, but. No, but he's, he's, he supports them, it seems to me. Yeah, He's a, a, in their true, a piece of truth about this movie is at the day of Live Aid, he did sneak into the tent and push the volume dials up. <laughs> so in the whole Live Aid day, um, Queen's performance was louder than everybody else's. It got turned down after it. Nice. So kind of, he kind of went in and gave them a bit of punch, just pushed the dials up a little bit. Um and then finally, Mike Myers plays Ray Foster. Now, this Ray Foster character does not exist in real life. He's kind of a, an amalgamation of a couple of different record, record executives I was reading. People who rejected the rejected idea of them. Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. But they had to have like a kind of a movie villain to pin it on, kind of. Oh, he's the guy who... And because... Wayne's World, yeah. Wayne's World. And there is a bit of a tie around to Wayne. Obviously, Wayne's World used the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course. And Mike Myers is this record executive, and he even has this little line that kind of references Wayne's World. So it's fun in that way. I wouldn't have recognized him if I didn't know it was him. I instantly knew who he was. I'm like, why are you telling me this? 
<laughs> he totally he just looks like himself, but with weird glued on hair. Glued on hair. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um so finally, directed by Brian Singer and Dexter Fletcher. We mentioned that earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think it's well directed. I think it's got that quirky kind of British movie kind of feel to it. Expand on that. Um that's how it, it feels to me, like a British film. What does that mean? I don't know. Some British films have this kind of like overly kind of sentimental and a bit sappy. You mean like Love Actually? You definitely like that one. <laughs> uh, Sing Street is another one, even though that's Irish, I believe. But this one does have that overall feel. A little bit, yeah. Um, even though Brian Singer's not British, but Dexter Fletcher is, so I don't know what's, what the deal is. But anyway, talking of the director, it's hard to talk about it because uh, apparently the studio, because we watched all the extras for this movie, have dis like the, the directors don't exist. <laughs> we watched a whole like documentary thing about this movie, and there are no directors. There are no directors in sight. There are no directors interviewed. It is really funny. It's like they disappeared and evaporated. Uh, everybody else talks, even the producer. And no one even comments about, like, um, Brian really wants me to do this or really wanted us to do that. Like, no one even says... No, nothing. Where usually you'd say, like, if Steven Spielberg, Steven really wanted us to all get to know each other or do this or that. Nope, not even a comment. No, it's like these two, I... not even, If you didn't see directed by Brian Singer on the screen at the beginning, you wouldn't have any idea that True. there was anybody involved. It was a bit weird. Yeah, it was a bit weird. But I understand. They want to avoid controversy. Yeah, there's controversy. But Dexter Fletcher has no controversy. No, but drawing attention to him. Being a replacement. Yeah. 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 I think, unfortunate. That's I, the I actually like Dexter Fletcher quite a lot. He's from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, and he's done movies. He's doing a, a film much like this one called Rocket Man about Elton John next, well, this year. So With we, the Kingsman? Um... Isn't he Elton John? Yeah, the guy from Kingsman, yeah. yes, is Elton John. True. true Elgin, true. whatever his name is. In fact, we saw the trailer for it, didn't we? Yep. And it felt a lot like this movie, if you think about it. It had that kind of feel of this movie. A little bit fantasy. Yeah, and, yeah. and very upbeat, like, you know. So extras on the Blu-ray of Bohemian Rhapsody, you get Rami Malek becoming Freddy, the look and sound of Queen and recreating Live Aid. The recreating Live Aid is about 20 minutes long. It's really good because the way they recreated it with all the CGI people, they're not really CGI people. They are real people and they're captured and then they're overlaid over a CG, like a, a computer generated like mask and then they're kind of duplicated really into like hundreds of thousands of people. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And did you think it looked convincing watching it? Not always. It looked when when the camera flies in. Looked a bit like a video game. It looks like a video game. <laughs> yeah. But then when the camera flies in and then turns around and it looks at Freddie at the piano and looks at back at the crowd, I thought it looked convincing from that. That looked much better, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, it shows you that. There's also and this is one thing I I said to you, if I had a criticism, the live aid thing at the end, they missed some of the songs out. And it wasn't the full, like, and I understand that you don't want your movie to be two and a half hours and have like a 25 minute performance at the end. But if you're interested in seeing the complete live performance, they did do it for the movie. 
and it is a separate extra air on the Blu-ray. So hmm. you can watch the whole 25 minutes. There's just one song cut out, basically. And which song was it? It was a crazy little thing called Yeah. Love. And Freddie plays the guitar. So you can actually see that. It's not inserted into the movie. It's just a separate thing. But uh, it is there on the disc. So um, I highly recommend this. What do you think about, like, I mean, we haven't seen all the best. But we're going to see another one next week, A Star Is Born. But as far as, like, looking at best pictures from previous years, do you think this goes up there with the best picture? You think I think so. Super high quality? Like it- I think it is high quality, yes. And it's it does what it says on the tin to me. It's telling me, like I said, a slice of the life, and it's well done, well made, well performed. And it might not be fact, might not be hundred percent accurate, but I mean, neither was Pearl Harbor or Titanic, <laughs> right? And they got all that. I mean, they were really oh, uh, not hold accurate. On, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that Jack and Rose weren't real? <laughs> I'm telling you that Titanic never sank. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, we can't get that snooty about it because, oh. Do you know that probably P- the P&O, f- you know, the big car- P&O ferries or whatever they call them? They do the big cruise liners that go in the, you know, you go on holiday on a big cruise liner. They're making a exact replica of the Titanic for a cruise liner at the moment. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Apparently this one's not going to sink, but if Apparently you Apparently neither was the first one. This one's an exact replica of the Titanic and I you, bet it isn't exact because they're going to gonna holiday have out. internet I'm and sure electricity. I'm sure it'll have better Wi-Fi, yeah. Or whatever, no, they had electricity, <laughs> but yeah, but, it's uh, not going to be exact. If you wanted to live on the Titanic and see, you know, it's like the one that James Cameron did for the movie, it's going to be period accurate as far as the way it looks. I thought that was cool. Did you want to take a cruise? No. You don't like the water? No, I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at your fear. I'm just thinking that you're so opposite of me. So, I'd take a cruise, but I want to take a, not like a fancy touristy cruise. I want to take a cruise where it's just a bunch of people like me who don't really care about, I don't know, like doing group activities or like yoga on the whatever, just a bunch of rooms, kind of like a... Two-star hotel. <laughs> Some real, like a subway would be fine in the for the food. Just a subway where you could get a sandwich every day. Maybe, maybe a pizza joint on the ship. Nice. And a salad bar, right? And then everything else is just do whatever you want. You've given us your $700 or your $1,000. We're going to stop at these towns. You can do whatever you want. Get back on the ship, and that will take you home. I mean, I don't like the big da 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 of it all. You know what I mean? I just want to. You think on this, I like being on boats, but not a cruise ship. You think on this Titanic ship, like about you know seven days into the cruise, it, the, like it's middle of the night, three no, o'clock in the morning. No, I don't. Iceberg dead ahead, <laughs> and the ringing, and ding ding ding, and then you all shit yourselves. Well, they might do a reenactment, like when you go to those old Is western too soon towns. They will do like a reenactment of a shootout in the street or something. I feel like they would probably do a reenactment, get you all to the lifeboats and put the things on you. I don't think they'll go that far. That's too much of a pain. Oh, you know, you're paying big money for this thing. Also, would they really want to remind you? Yes. <laughs> that the other <laughs> they have the little brass band I playing. feel like this whole entire thing is a bad idea. Let's just not do the Titanic reenactment. They're actually doing it. 
All right, so um, IMDb reviews for this movie. Funnily, right, I started last week. I said I'll do IMD. Look at the IMDb reviews. I do every week. For this, this movie's positively rated. Every it's like loads of ten out of tens. People love this movie. <laughs> so I had to actually sort it by the bad ones, and there isn't a ton of bad ones, and it's mostly people who are like Queen archivists, those kind of people, like who are like in 1977. Um, this is this is my Queen archivist voice. Okay. <laughs> in 1977, Brian May's training shoes were Adidas uh, Stan Smith and not the one shown in the movie. <laughs> okay. You know, that ruined the whole movie for them. Was that comment you just made even historically accurate? <laughs> <laughs> Could someone be nitpicking what you're saying Probably. to nitpick what other people say? I'm just reading these IMDb reviews. Okay, read a couple of the archivist people. This film sucks. <laughs> it's poorly made. It's got cliches all over it. Oh, no kidding. The writing is lackluster, unemotional, rushed. The story is a great one about a great band. But this was made like it was a high school project. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? How in the world does this film win best drama at the Golden Globes, let alone even qualify for it? It's nothing more than a propaganda film that whitewashes the truth about the band and the great musicianship of Mercury. There's a reason why Sasha Baron Cohen didn't want to do this role. Because it doesn't feature Freddie Mercury. The film has no story. It's not even a movie. (laughs) (laughs) What's he even talking about? (laughs) What is he even saying? Propaganda? What a dreadful piece of muck. What a dreadful (laughs) piece of muck. This film will go straight to DVD slash streaming once the word gets out. (laughs) If you love Lifetime Channel and its dull, contrived footage, this movie is for you. I'd save your money and watch real-life clips of Freddie Mercury and not destroy his legacy and your memories of his life by watching this awful film. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They're the bad, pretty much the bad reviews for this movie. What is it that I just don't get it? What motivates these people? I mean, I'll say whatever I think, so it's fair that someone has an opinion. But how can you be so emotionally attached to that kind, this kind of thing? I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm glad that those people go and write that stuff every week because it always gives me some fun. <laughs> you know, go and write your one star review, and you might get featured on this show. All right, so um, in conclusion, Bohemian Rhapsody, I loved it. I would give it best picture, even though I've not seen all the other pictures. Until next week when I see A Star Is Born and probably like that too. You never know. (laughs) Oh, you'll like it. You never know. So, um, yeah, are you recommending this one? Yes, you are. Uh, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? Would you recommend it to your mother? uh, Yes. She would like it and yes. Would would she be clapping her hands off time? Well, (laughs) yeah. Yes, <laughs> she would not be aware of Queen music. I don't. You don't believe. think? I don't think so. You don't think your brother was probably into Queen I growing don't up? I think he was. I mean, he's the one that gave me my first ACDC when I was in junior high. Yeah, that's why I think he might have liked Queen. Um, he had like Toto and Kansas, so I don't know. 
Hmm. I don't know for sure. I'd have to ask him. He's not dead or anything. He's just old. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> your like mother's... Six, he's 10 years older than me, so he's of that generation. I'm sure she's heard Bohemian Rhapsody in her life. Probably, but not my mother. She would have just been like, turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> what you, that's shit you're listening to. So you turn would recommend this to her? I would recommend it to her because she would fall in love with him. And that his struggle to, and you know, my mother's a huge champion. Oh, of, she loves the Hunger Games. She loves, oh, she does not like people telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> she does not like people deciding how you should be or oppression of any kind. Rising up, she likes that. She likes rising up and she likes people to just be allowed to be who they are. So that would definitely, I wouldn't tell her his life. I would just say, here's this movie, watch it, and then tell her. You know, right. So if she reads at the end. That'll tell her that he tell her that he died, but still. So I don't know. I mean, it's just a good solid like weekend movie to watch, isn't it? If you're interested in just a And if you like the band Queen and their music, it's yeah. even more of a bonus because you get to hear a lot of their music. Yeah, but then like you said, there's gonna be the picky people and I mean yeah. you're listening to Queen when you're listening to True. the performances. So it's not like you're listening to Just close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But you are listening to Queen, the same Queen you've been listening to for years. It's just in a movie. So, um, yeah, next week, another... Well, next week is actually Oscars weekend, and we'll be looking at A Star Is Born, another Best Picture nominee. A Star Is Born. Do you like A Star Is Born? Um, I'm... Do you like the Julie Garland version? I've, I've never seen any of the versions, I don't believe. Ooh. If I did see the... Barbara Streisand, I don't remember it fully, so. Oh, so it's not spoiled for you then? Of course it's spoiled. I know what it is. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. The trailer to No, me- no, the trailer doesn't spoil most of the spoily parts. What do you mean? I'm not going to say. You haven't seen it. Oh, I mean, I know the, I've seen the other two. I know, but I thought this one was different. But I don't same. know if it's different or not. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a story about somebody who's not famous, picked up by somebody who is famous. They kind of fall in love, have sex. He tries to tutor her. Something goes wrong where someone wants to rip them apart because she's really famous. It's not like, it's very easy. This is the trailer telling me this. And then somebody tries to get in between them and then she gets super famous and he's having a hard time. I mean, this isn't a new story. story. So, I don't know, I'm neutral. I'm not that interested in it. I never really get that interested in anything that becomes like, <gasps> you've got to see this movie. That's I'm actually very it. interested because I like... you're a sheep. I like the music that I've heard from it so far. You there's, don't like country music. There's a house mix of um, <gasps> the main song that yeah, is on the chill all the time. of what is essentially a country song. Yes. Yeah, so you know you don't like the music. You'll be like, ugh. Or it'll convert you. No, I might like the music as in the context of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Fair. So, um, yeah, we'll look at A Star Is Born next week. Movie recommendations. I am going with Oliver Stone's The Doors. It's one of my favorite biopics. Um, I love The Doors also. I like The Doors. I like The Queen. I like The... What else do I like? Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> Oasis is your favorite, right? Who who do you who's higher, Oasis or Queen? I think Queen probably. How about the Beatles? Do they squeeze in there anywhere? No, but um, the Beatles. I do like some of the Beatles. I'm not a Beatles mad like some people are. I think if you're British, you're supposed to love the Beatles. Right? If someone said, "I'm going to strand you on a desert island, and you get the full collection of one band," I'd have Queen. Yeah, definitely. 
No, you didn't let me finish. You have a lot of albums. <laughs> you have no way to listen to it, but you can take all the albums with you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'd take Queen, because Queen have about 18 albums. I could probably fashion a boat out of the, out of the things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Or just look at the titles and, and replay them in your head yeah. over and over. So True. you'd take Queen. Interesting. Yeah. But I, and I'd fashion a weird canoe out of the albums. <laughs> maybe a hut. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or eat them. <laughs> <laughs> or use them as weapons. See, there's lots of options yeah, here is. with these. Queen will save your life. Desert Island Discs. <laughs> All right, so The Doors um, is Oliver Stone's um, biopic of The Doors. It's not in the spirit of this Bohemian Rhapsody. It's more. It's very dark. It's very... Did anyone from the Doors approve? Yes. Ray Manzarek, before he died, did. Um, but it, it really focuses a lot on Jim's drug taking. And that's not outside of the truth, though, because he was exactly. really into drugs. And it does, you know, show his death. And it's pretty hardcore. Has there right. ever been a Jimi Hendrix movie? Not that I know of. I'm sure there is. But <clears throat> or Janis Joplin? Maybe like TV movies or something? Yeah. But. A Jimi Hendrix actual, like The Doors or Bohemian Rhapsody, Jimi Hendrix one would surely be interesting, right? Mm. Unless he was really boring. I don't know. You know I, mean, what I mean, all these people died at a young age. All yeah. of them. You, all didn't things. you kill Ozzy Osbourne last week? You told me. I thought he was dead. Yes. <laughs> I didn't kill him. I don't know where he is. Sometimes, so I can't kill sometimes him. my wife here kills people <laughs> off. I'll go. I'm convinced they're dead. Yeah, you're convinced that, they're, and I'm like, oh come on, Ozzy Osbourne's dead, and I'm looking it up. It was a headline on my newsfeed, yeah. and I am a sheep. I will follow, 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 and believe everything. I and read, I will tell you that Ozzy is still alive. <laughs> it just looked so convincing. It had a quote from Sharon and everything. Yeah. I didn't read the whole story, so maybe I should have read the whole story. But, yeah, but you, before you were, I, I, it got, I was like, oh shit, I love Ozzy. <laughs> and he's not well. No, he'd gone to the hospital. He had pneumonia. So. Here's the problem with those headlines for those people who put out those headlines. A lot of us will read the headline and we don't click it, so you're not really getting any benefit. And I often say that to you. I'll say, so what did the story say? And you say, I don't know, I just read the headline. And I'm like, headline. that's not the news. If they can't squeeze at all in the headline... <laughs> Then what is the point of the story? <laughs> but anyway, you'd killed two people in one day, actually. I did. Who was the other one? I forget. Oh, it was the Perry. Somebody Perry. Was it? The, the guitarist from Aerosmith. Correct. Joe yeah, Perry. You'd killed him yeah. and Ozzy Osbourne in the same headline. In the same sitting. Yeah. And headlines, I was like, damn, these... what a bad, terrible day for rock. And then actually neither. Luckily, both of them <laughs> were alive and well. Luckily. All right. So my other second... Um, one is Sing Street, which I think not a ton of people have seen. I think it's a very small movie that kind of breezed past. It's actually on Netflix, I checked. So Sing Street, you should watch that. And yours are? Mine are, uh, I took the easy way out this time because it's two things I've been thinking about watching. One I watch every day, which is Bob's Burgers. That's a TV show. You don't think about watching that. You just watch it all the time. <laughs> I do. It's my... It's my soundtrack of my life. And, you know, with new episodes, I have to watch them like 20 times before they start sinking in. I don't know what it is. I've tried. Last night I even thought, nope, I'm going to watch something else. And then I just, it's almost like my mind, there's a magnet there and I have to go to it because it just, whoever writes it and the voice of people and the animation, it's like I'm, it, they've somehow figured out how to hypnotize me. 
<laughs> because I'm just like locked in, you know, and I laugh. I could have seen an episode and you know this. I'll watch. I've probably watched some of them a hundred times because I will let a whole episode, a whole season run and then just start it again in the same day. Like if I'm doing something in the kitchen over and over and over, they're only like 20 minutes long. So in the course of a day, you can watch an entire season multiple times. That's true. And every time it plays, it, that one starts, I hear the first line and I'm already laughing. And then I can see in my mind, even if I'm not looking at it, exactly what's going on. So I say watch Bob's Burgers. You probably won't enjoy it as much as I do, but it's a fun show. And my other one is the one I've been really wanting to start again is all of Star Trek. Including the new Star Trek yeah. that you haven't even seen yet. Haven't seen it. And, you know, but yeah, I, I like to start from the beginning. So I have to start. I have to finish Enterprise, which I haven't finished. I've got through a couple of seasons of it for the third time. So now I need to finish that off and then move forward and then get... I just feel like it would be a good, um, you know... When does Discovery happen? Is it between two? I have no idea. Okay, I have to look. Because if it comes after Enterprise and before the original or right after the original... Oh, the new one. Discovery. Yeah, Discovery. Mm. Is it right after original Star Trek and before Next Generation? If so, then I would watch them in that order, just out of curiosity to see how it all kind of fits together. If you don't know, I'm the Star Trek person in the family. He is the Star Wars person. And we can still be happily married. Yeah. It's like having... Crossing the streams. Yeah, it's like having a Democrat and a Republican in the house. Neither of us are any of those things. But we do have Star Trek Star Wars on our side. Opinions. So those are my recommendations. Just watch anything of Star Trek. It's just a fascinating... I don't know who's all written it all over the years and the decades. I mean, it's been going on since the 1960s. I just find it really fascinating. I love spacey stuff and futuristic stuff. So I'm trying to figure out by looking at Wikipedia about Star Trek Discovery. Oh, God, you're going to be reading that for days. It's too long. I've where, tried. Where it actually fits in yeah. the Star Trek timeline. I need, like, really quick timelines, like bullet lists. Oh, it, it's chron- chronology. Mm-hmm. It's preceded by Starship Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. Oh, so Enterprise and then the original. I mean, Enterprise and then Discovery yes. and then the original? Yes. Interesting. So that's how you have to watch it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I would. I will. So you'll watch the... So you'll watch Enterprise, which is who's in Enterprise? The um, that's a quantum leap. Archer guy, Captain Archer. Yes, Captain. Yes. Yeah. So watch that. Then this new one, and then the original series. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, now I'm talking about it. I really want to do it. What I usually need is like a sick day when I'm actually sick, and I don't want to get off the couch or out of bed. You watch that. The one by the Simpsons creator <laughs> yeah. when you were sick last time. <laughs> and one day when I was, I was just. Something hit me hard, and I just was laying on the couch. I didn't even want to pick up the remote. I what was that like called? Fantasia or something? Yeah, the one that's on Netflix is by Matt Groening. It was fun. Yeah. It could have been because I was deliriously sick, but it was really fun. I watched the entire thing. You did? I mean, I fell asleep over a couple of episodes, and then I'd have to wake up and then go back and start again. But All right, so uh, that's that. A Scully stuff. That's that. That's that. I've been playing more Apex Legends, the free game by EA. Uh, you definitely should play it. Survival Battle Royale. It's really fun. It's free. You don't have to pay. You can play it on any console or the PC. What have you got to lose? I definitely recommend it. And the other game, big game that came out this week, is Crackdown 3. 
on uh, the PC and the Xbox. I was a big fan of Crackdown, right? The original. Always, yeah. Not the second one so much, but the original, I loved it. Do you remember me, like, obsessed trying to find all those orbs? Absolutely. You had me looking on the internet and reading the map for you. Actually did find them all, didn't we? We got every one of them, all 500 or whatever it was. Now, this game, Crackdown 3, is a lot like Crackdown 1. Um, I'm finding it's, uh, honestly, that it's quite bland. And you know why? Because it's almost like... The same game as Crackdown 1 that you played, what, 10 years ago maybe? But, like, nothing has been kind of updated. Like, it might look better because it's, like, you know, high resolution. But the game itself is exactly the same. So there's not really any surprises. But what I do like about it is finding the orbs. If the whole game had no enemies, and just a city, and you, and orbs, I'd actually play that. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. climb climb over the buildings and find all the orbs. The enemies are kind of like a pain in the ass, like in between you finding the orbs, I find. The game itself is not super... I mean, it's dated. That's the only way to say it. It's, it's, it feels like an Xbox 360 game. If you liked Crackdown originally, it, you will have some nostalgic feelings when you start playing it. But after like maybe three hours yesterday, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm not fully done. I feel like I want to go back and do some more, but it's not pulling me like other games do. It's not like, oh, I really have to play some more Call of Duty when I finish this podcast. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So I don't know why it was in development for so long. You know, the best thing about it is you can play this game for free pretty much. Uh, Crackdown 3 is on Microsoft's Game Pass service. Now, I'll let you into a little secret here. If, you, if you're a PC user and you go to the Microsoft Store on the PC and you type in Game Pass, everybody with a PC gets a 14-day free trial. You just click it. You don't even have to, have to enter a credit card or anything. It gives you 14 days of Game Pass. You can immediately download Crackdown 3 and play it for 14 days. And I it, the campaign's about five or six hours long, so 14 days is easily enough time for you to have your fill of Crackdown 3. So, if you want to play it for free, that's the way to do it. And if you own an Xbox, you can do exactly the same thing. If you don't own Game Pass, you get a 14-day trial. So, um, that's what I did. I didn't pay for it. I got a little trial, and uh, I'll within 14 days, I will have played it. <laughs> so, there's your little secret. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight we're going to have, I think, either beans and eggs, which is always good. I like fake fish fingers. And fake fish fingers for the crunchy element. Fake fish fingers, as in we're vegetarian, therefore we don't actually eat fish, but we have found a brand of, mm, we call them fish sticks in America, you call them fish fingers. Fish don't have fingers, but whatever. And if you have fingers that are taste like fish, fish that don't sounds have like, sticks either. That sounds like a problem, no, but they're sticks made out of fish. <laughs> They're not fingers made I'm, out of I'm fish. I'm thinking of these little fish with sticks <laughs> in the little uh, paws or whatever they're I'm sure somebody's them. used a fish stick with a fin on it at some point for advertising. But So we found a brand called Quorn, Q-U-O-R-N, and they are, how would you describe them? They, I like to put malt vinegar on them. Right, but when you first ate it, 
Were you like, holy shit, this yeah, I was like, this tastes. Fake. Did somebody actually slip a real fish <laughs> finger in this box? Because that's what it tastes like. It's so good. It's like, well, well they're like cheap fish fingers. Fish Funny sticks. thing is, when I did eat meat, like years and years and years ago, I didn't really like fish, but I really liked fish fingers. So it was like the only fish I really ate. So it was great to find a, is it vegan or just vegetarian? Just vegetarian. It's great um, that we can that there's something that tastes like a fish finger. Yeah, and um, so we'll make that. And uh, so it's like a weird combination. But are those and beans, maybe if you don't want an egg to go with it. But any of those combination of things. I want French fries with it. Don't have any French fries. Uh, you are out of luck. Steak chips. Don't have any steak chips. I'm not going to the store, so we have what we have. Fish finger sandwich then. So then tomorrow we should have fish fingers and fries, and today we should have beans and eggs. All right. This is how it works in our house. We work it out. <laughs> and I'm cooking it, so whatever I cook and is then what, what he will eat. And then what? And then what what? And then what? Oh, that's my mm, <laughs> advice? It's not advice. I just hear a lot of people say, you know, we're, we live in America. And of course, right now, if you're listening to this in 10 years, it's the year 2019. And there is a little thing called... Or a little issue about building a wall across the border between the United States and Mexico. You might have heard of it. A fence, I believe it is now, right? A fence, a wall, a barrier of some kind. And I get it. There are lots of reasons people think it's necessary and lots of reasons people think it isn't. I don't have a strong position either way. That's the truth. And I have very strong opinions about a lot of things. This one is a complex issue. It cannot be solved by a simple solution. It just doesn't work that way. But I just let the world work it out. So I say to people, if you don't build any barrier whatsoever, and you, because you're just so much hating the idea and hating this president, then what? So let's say it's absolutely knocked off the books forever and ever. It is illegal to build a wall or a barrier between ourselves and another country. The only two countries, of course, for us, we Canada and Mexico. And the government says we're never building a wall. And you're like, yay! Then what? How do you decide... How do you see us solving the problems that the wall is pretending to solve? What's after that? What do you decide? Or is it just you don't like the idea and if you don't do it, then that's all you care about? If you are a, a fervent defender of the wall or a barrier of some kind and it gets built, then what? Does that solve the problem of your children potentially becoming heroin addicts in the future or wrecking their cars or your parents dying of Alzheimer's? Or are you losing your job because some big corporation decides to downsize? Is it all related to that wall? What happens after they do this symbolic thing to solve a problem you think you have? Because it's really just smoke and mirrors. All the problems of your life are not solved with one solution. But I feel like a lot of people like to... It's like a trick, like a magician trick, right? Look over here. Look over here while I'm doing this thing over here, while I'm doing this thing over here. And that's all it really is. Because if you say, fine, we're going to build a wall and let's forward ourselves 10 years in the future. It's the last day, the ribbon cutting on the wall. Ta-da, it's here. Now what? Now how do you solve the problem of kids in America who, whatever the problem is, how do you solve the problem of Poor people in different towns not having clean water. How do you solve... Do any of those things matter to you right now? Or just the idea of this one thing? Or whatever the problem is that you want somebody to give a quick fix to, then what? 
What are you going to do next? That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, also, tell them the uh, tell them the, about your car episode. Oh, my car episode. Oh, I'm in love with my car. I'm in love with my car. I am in love with my I love my car. It's a little <laughs> green Ford Fiesta, one of those that you see uh, driving around. Probably not you because you're probably not in my same town. But I drove further north. I'm sure north. they have them in other towns. Yes, I drew for, drove further north this week uh, to where my mother lives, which is about 200 miles, just under 200 miles north of here. It's like they have a whole other climate there. I got to about the 100-mile mark, and all of the sudden, there was ice everywhere. And it was cold, and it was windy, and there was snow. It's snowing here now. Yeah, I mean, I've lived in Missouri 99% of my whole entire life, so I get it. It's winter. However, get to my mother's, and she lives up what could be described as a very about a 30-degree driveway that's about, I don't know... 300 yards long, maybe two football fields long. I don't know. From the highway to where she is. And so I get a kind of a, it's covered with ice pretty much with a little bit of gravel poking through. So I'm like, yeah, I can get up there. Her house is directly in front of me. She had already told me, pull into the drive, pull into the garage. We've left the door open. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I have to be very good aim here because the garage is off to the side. So if I'm heading up, I can't go too fast. I can't, like, gun it, right? Because then I get up to the top. If it's icy, I'm just going to slide into their house. So that's bad. If I'm not going fast enough, I'm not going to make it. I wasn't going fast enough. I didn't make it. I get about halfway up, and a car just stopped moving, and the little squiggly light came on. It shows, like, the back of your car with the squiggly light. The squiggly light means ice. Yeah, I still, yeah, I'd never seen that before. And I was like, oh, and then nothing would happen. And I just started sliding backwards very slowly, but I could do nothing. My brakes didn't do stop me. I couldn't steer because it was solid ice. I get to one spot where I could kind of steer it, but not really. And all of a sudden I feel this like, boonk, little, felt like a tiny little thunk. And what my mother has on either side of her driveway are these columns made out of brick with a big iron gate. No, she's not a gated community or anything, but there's that like to where their house is. It's surrounded by woods. And then right where there's a break in the trees, they've put up a thing where there's a fence because they live right on the highway and, you know. But they keep the gate open all the time. So I'd already passed through that. And this was the side of my car hit the brick. And I started to slide right along it. And then I looked, I got my brake to work because I hit a little patch of cement. I looked over to my passenger side, and it was on the passenger side, looked over to where my mirror was. The brick column was about an inch and a half from my mirror, which would have, if I had slid back that much further and farther, it would have just whoop, ripped it right off. So luckily, my mom's um, man is like my stepfather, but they're not married because she refuses. And yeah, she's 77, he's 84. You know, figure it out. His granddaughter comes down with a big bag of salt. She kind of slides down the hill. (laughs) I'm thinking she's going to fall. I can't take my foot off the brake now because this is it. I take the foot off the brake. I will completely slide across that thing on my door, knock off the mirror, the whole bit. So she comes down with her little flashlight, sliding, sliding. She gets some salt up under my wheels, you know, and we kind of, I kind of rock it, rock it, rock it, get it up, get it up. And then eventually she talks me back down the whole driveway, backing up, sliding occasionally into a little pocket, a little driveway at the bottom to another place. And I just parked it on a solid sheet of ice 
<laughs> and then we had to walk on the ice up to the house. And then I put in a insurance claim, and they've already sent me a check. Very quick. It won't cover it, but it will uh, do you know, part of it. All right, so uh, so Kyle, be careful of the ice, people. I'm in love because with you know what? Uh, in the past, I would have been like, "Oh no, my car, my car," and I would have been almost like too wrapped up in it. I would have cared too much. But guess where I had just come from? I had just come from one of my friends from high school and his wife house and visiting with him for a couple of hours. How will she, they guess this? She <laughs> she has recently had a very aggressive type of breast cancer, and so she had a double mastectomy. Is now going through chemo. Has lost all of her hair. And she's still, that day that I went to visit her, she was coming home from work. She was still deciding, I'm going to go to work as long as I possibly can. And she, when she got home, she was so tired. And then telling me all about it and like the whole process. And, you know, she got her some wigs and she wasn't wearing a wig at the time. And that bumped my car and it just didn't even like register hardly because I'm like, just a fucking car door. I had heard so many stories while I was up there. I bet 20 to 30 different stories of people falling, breaking wrists, breaking hips, breaking knees. One lady fell with her baby in her arms. One person slid and, you know, just things that actually mattered. And my car door, not that big a deal. It can be fixed. It'll cost a little bit of money, but it absolutely hurt nobody at all. And so it's not that big a deal. All right. So you can catch us on ascoli.com and sitar.com. You can catch this podcast on the google play store the rss feed on acecoolie.com itunes music store the tune in radio you can use your amazon devices to listen to it on there youtube also we're on twitter and facebook email feedback to me at acecoolie acecoolie.com don't email sit up she uh is in love with her car and not you <laughs> i'm not in love with my car <laughs> and i'm gonna say think for yourself or someone will do it for you and she has jumped the gun so i'm going to say Stay classy, Mr. Frederick Mercury. What's his real name? Farouk. Farouk. Not Mercury. No. But uh, you will live on forever. Oh. Should I say my thing again to make you feel better? You can say it again because you can never jump the gun. (laughs) And you should think for yourself because if you don't, someone will do it for you. I'm in love with my car.